0: Good evening. Hello. Welcome to the Pit Talk Podcast. Well good evening, good morning, wherever or whenever you're listening. Um I'm your host today, Harrison. I've got Sam with me. Hello everyone. Um usually usually Lily would be here, but she can't make it tonight. Um so you've just got me and Sam, um dynamic duo today. Lily sends her regards. Um we today are going to be covering what has been the most full-on off-season since since for a long time? The only times um, I can remember off-season being this busy was probably Abu Dhabi 21. I mean, I I, I shouldn't say it. what well, you say mentioned it. In the race
1: again, mate. You mentioned the race.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How many times is that now in two episodes? What five or six? I'm not. I'm not it's hurt. Right. I'm yeah. not hurt. <laughs> Boy, 58 laps because <laughs> <laughs> um, he pff, I get, you know what let's not even go down that rabbit hole because I'm going to yeah okay cool um, yeah no it's been a very very interesting off season um, yeah where do we start um, we've got the Wolves being accused by an independent journalist reported it and the FIA done a full blown investigation on how apparently Susie Wolf had passed um, information onto Toto Wolf, which would you know be massive break of confidentiality, and Toto Wolf apparently shared this with, with all the team principals, however, Sam got some slicey bit of gossip here, so we were initially in the reports that were coming out were saying how it was it was a source within Formula One and we all know that all the teams put out the statement all all said the exact same words saying they had never officially raised a complaint but this was off the record to the FIA this this complaint and i mean dare i say it, a team principal that appeared on sky sports formula 1 for an interview who may be the ceo and team principal of red bull race I, i'm I am solely stirring here. i'm solely stirring but did you did you see what Ro- rocket Powered mohawk um said i didn't unfortunately i didn't catch that he said on the um interview with guy sports that he or, or they as in red bull racing or them never raised an official complaint with the FIA in formula one but we were told this statement was off the record so i am just mixing a, a cauldron here i mean we, you know we, we were also told that that a journalist approached the fia but, but then you know there's also apparent friction between um, Toto and Mohammed bin Salih, the um, president of the FIA, which I don't... Give me your viewpoint because I, I, I don't feel that because there's a rift between Toto and Mohammed bin Salih that he's then going to go for Susie when the FIA are you know, taking a keen interest into this and uh, into the uh, Formula One Academy, the F1 Academy. Give us your take, Sam, because I, I I personally don't think that the two are related. Some will say there is, and even Susie said, "Oh, it is," but I don't know. I don't feel. I mean, I don't feel that there is. I mean, if you, if you've got a take, mate, let me know. But
1: so again, like you said, I don't. I don't think there is a uh, a link. Basically, I mean, why would you try and sabotage something you're trying to build the future for? Uh, obviously, you want more women to come into the sport. You wouldn't try and go. You know what? I'm gonna gonna wreck everything. I've just been in the last couple of years, uh, and basically get up in the grill of my my new team um, or the the manager of F1 Academy, and try and ruin everything. And I'm gonna ruin the future for, for women in sport, even though I'm trying to build the future for women in sport. But um, no, I don't see why there would be a between those two. I don't. I don't think there would be. But
0: oh, it's strange. But I mean, maybe Susie knows that there's a problem between Toto. And, uh, Mohammed bin saeed And so maybe she genuinely is giving us an insight saying that there is an issue here, but if that's the case, then obviously, I mean, we've seen the damage it's caused to that FIA brand itself. I mean, they dropped the investigation 48 hours later. That was, I'll be honest, that was a surprise. I didn't think that they would um, drop it. I thought they would see it through, but I wonder if the shareholders or stakeholders of the FIA, the board were saying, what's your reason? And not being able to provide a substantial reason, the board have encouraged whoever was leading the investigation to encourage them to stop it because it's damaging the brand of the FIA. And there was even talk about Liberty Media at one point looking to eject themselves from
1: FIA, which I think was would be really silly. Yeah, I mean, there, there's always... Uh and stuff like that about F1 trying to distance themselves from from the FIA. I mean, I watched the Braun documentary recently and it talks about the Formula One trying to pull away from the FIA and start their own series because they weren't happy with what they were doing. Um, I think most of the time it's probably just uh, empty threats, you could say, um, or trying to sort of like using it as a bargaining chip, going, look, look what we've got. We've got this series that everyone's enjoying. It's getting bigger and bigger. And if we pull out, then you're not gonna have anything, uh, which can work in some cases. But yeah, I think in that those sorts of situations, I don't I don't think they would pull away from the from the FIA. But I mean, I could be wrong. We we could be surprised one day. So
0: I think it'd be a massive shot in the foot because as annoying as the FIA can be at times, <laughs> we've seen some amazing safety features. I remember when they first brought out the Halo, even though in episode one. I've said that I only got to Formula 1 in 2021. Don't worry. Just because I got into Formula 1 in 2021 doesn't mean I didn't read the headlines before. <laughs> and I remember when they announced that Halo was going to be introduced and, you know, seeing... I'll be honest again, the only reaction I really saw in the British newspapers was Lewis Hamilton's reaction saying that it looks silly. However, how many lives, not just in Formula 1 alone, but in any... I'm pretty certain now, in any FIA-certified event... So like for well obviously f2 now f3 i believe well yeah anything like that like i think even and what's the other one what one i think i think in you know the, the series that races in le mans even though it's not single seater yeah um the, 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 the what i'm trying to get at is they've got a really strong protection uh life lifesaver cell so in in, in this case uh, for for single seater it's the halo and how many times do we need to go back and say, like, it saved lives? It's evident. It's that Robin Grosjean walked out of an explosion, for goodness sake. Hamilton didn't get decapitated by Verstappen, and Alonso didn't decapitate, um, it was it or Leclerc? But it was at Spa, I think, 2019, maybe, or 2018. Either way, look on uh, Alonso
1: and the McLaren. I think it was the McLaren, actually.
0: Yeah, it's Spa, where there's a big, you know, lap one, turn one, the typical lap one, turn one incident. And you just saw the, the F1 car flying in the air, the McLaren flying in the air, and the halo piercing through the side of the car. And you see the radiator splits, and you can see the pressure release from it. And, you know, as, again, as annoying as the FIA can be, they bring some fantastic safety features. That, that halo has saved so many lives. Lifesavers, savers so many saved so many lives. Um, even the new regulations in 2022 about pit stops and how I had that what made them just a little bit slower. We didn't have any pit stop accidents in. We I think we had one in 2022 where someone missed their marks.
1: Let's not forget Verstappen crashing into the pit in, in uh, slow speed though. I mean, come on, mate what race was that? I it was in, it was one of the, Oh, that was Silverstone. Flying, so, yeah. That was, was free
0: practice at Silverstone. Or was it qualifying or free practice? Either way. Yeah. It was a Silverstone, yeah. <laughs> GP was saying, oh, I want, oh, what happened there? And, um, Christian to asked him, why'd you say that? And he said, because I wanted to hear him say, yeah. <laughs> he the wall. Yeah, no, I, I think it'd be rather silly. I mean, Liberty Media and F1 would try to push their own thing. They always were, like you said, it would be empty threats. And, Initially, it will hit like like with everything. Where when it leaves something, like yeah, like if it leaves something so great, it will initially have that decline and that fall. But it will then it will build it back itself back up. But over time, very slowly, and as the sport is doing so great at the moment, it's growing. We've got F one Academy that you know um, is accelerating. It's great and prospect and chance for um, female racers. If Formula One was to pull out. Right now, it'd be awful for the sport. Because it, it, it will drop. Let's be honest, it will drop. Like, if Formula one left the FIA, it won't get as much coverage, even though Liberty Media do all the coverage for it. It just won't, not... Uh, the rules will completely change. I think, yeah, because um, all the rules are set out by the FIA. So I think having an independent body that does the rules, and that's what I think the FIA should mainly stick to. Because by... Mainly sticking to the rules and rules only, they can introduce safety features. For example, like what they've done with the Halo, they made that um, mandatory for all teams. And if the FIA just step back, just simply stick to the rules and publish the rule book, and you know let the um, race director and the stewards do their thing with with you know the rule book that's been published. I reckon the sport it's on a high at the moment, but it will continue building on. Um, as long as Formula 1 and well, Liberty Media and you know, FIA just drop this whole oh I'm going to leave and change the rules it's just not worth
1: it at the end of the day is it mate? No I'm pretty sure I think I think it was mentioned in the Broad documentary I mean if you haven't seen the Broad documentary definitely go check it out it's a really interesting documentary um, that if they were to move away from the FIA they lose access to a lot of race tracks yes which means that formula 1 would have to build more circuits more street circuits which i know some people love a street circuit um but a lot of people don't as well and you, you know, i'm pretty sure you'd lose uh definitely uh, access to sort of the classic tracks that people are like yeah that's formula 1 no yeah. race day you know so i mean it uh, it's mm. a it would be a bold step to step away but it it could happen if they get more and more tensions together at some point
0: yeah, I, I'm not a one for stri- I'm not one for street circuits um, personally. I mean, I don't mind the odd few because you have to view it from this side of things, like the sustainability side of things. Building a whole new racetrack, you know, that's not sustainable. When you could convert a street into a circuit, like Azerbaijan—that's a great street circuit. I, that's probably one of my favorite on the on the grid apart from well, Las Vegas now that's definitely one of my favorite on the calendar after what's just happened we've only had one race but that was a pretty great race but for example we, we've lost Paul Ricard we've, we've lost Portimao two fantastic tracks I mean I'm not not many people like Paul Ricard but I quite like that one that was that was a great track great straights great overtaking high-speed Formula One that's just what you want to watch really but yeah no, cause I think stuff tracks like Silverstone Barcelona yep. um, tracks like that those are two iconic fantastic tracks you'd lose them they, they would just drop off the face of the earth and I don't think Formula 1 can afford that it is literally just like like you said empty frets empty frets mate
1: so here you go I've got. I've just looked it up Long license <clears throat> circuits by the FIA so Abu Dhabi um, Albert Park Austin Bahrain Baku uh Catalonia, Dubai, Müller, Hungaro Ring, Monaco, Monza, Silverstone, Suzuka, like literally all of the tracks on the F1 calendar, yeah, that are, that are run by the FIA, licensed by the FU. You'd, you'd have to start a new racing series. Yeah, it's big. it'd be too much money and it'd be
0: too much of a waste of time. really hope that, you know, they can get their grip together. But one big factor though, we saw what's happened with Andretti. That's huge. Like, we know all the team principles are against it. We know no one, you know. Uh, how did you feel about, as, before we go into more in depth, how did you feel as a fan? Because I'll be honest, I didn't really, I wasn't against it, but I wasn't for it. Like, I agree what James Vows was saying. Like, we're on a high at the moment. Let's just keep going with what we've got.
1: But what's What's your take? I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence. I mean... I don't really know much about Andretti as a person, as a team. I know they're in India and I know that Mario like won some Formula One World Championships and stuff like that. And also I think I can't remember what his son's name is, but he's a very good motorsport sort of director and stuff like that. But I was listening to the Fast and Curious podcast uh today, then one of the one of their episodes, and they were saying that, you know, Corinne Trandock was saying that when he was younger it was twenty-two teams on the grid. The fact that it would be better for Formula One to have another team on the grid. So there is more movement in the driver market and more places for the up-and-coming F2 champions to get a seat somewhere. Because we're kind of getting into a point where we've got a stalemate. I mean, look at Oscar Piastri, sat for years without a drive. Nick DeVries sat for years without a drive. Champions of F2 coming up and then stalemate. They've got nowhere to go. And then they just sit as a reserve driver until they go, you know, I don't want to race anymore. I'm not racing anywhere. And then they don't ever get a seat in F1 because no one moves around. Because if you had another team like Andretti, I think it would be good. I mean, it was obviously more money for Formula One, more movement in the driver market, more competition on track, more development. There's another team pushing other team, another engine supplier, Cadillac supplying the engines. You know, it was. Uh, yeah, I, I think it was a it was a strange move for, for Formula One uh, to say that Andretti would benefit more. Then the formula one would benefit out of Andretti financially, maybe it's quite hypocritical, yeah, financially maybe, but with all those things that are just discussion you know options in the driver market, everything like that, I feel like it's a win win for both sides. um I know the team principals were against it they'd have to split the prize pot and all that sort of stuff and <laughs> but you know keep pushing the sport forward it's doing well at the moment it's on a high you may as well just keep going up but yeah I don't know. it was a very strange decision that I thought oh as soon as it got announced I was like yeah okay cool new team that'll probably go through quite well uh the team principal's love a moan like they don't him really moan but you know new team awesome 2026 everything sorted 11 teams on the grid when it came out I was like I read the statement and I was just like why why have you made that decision <laughs> like who have you got the work experience kid to do that and go oh you know I don't know who this team is and you know it was just a weird decision yeah it's rather silly because for those who don't know Haas
0: is a power tool company by you know the owner Gene Haas and they're in IndyCar as well I believe but you know aside the fact I I didn't know that Haas was a power tool company until I started doing some research into Gene Haas like I thought well, I, it's also in drive to survive. <laughs> but you know, doing some further research into it, I didn't realize there were power tool supplier in America. And I was, I was thinking that you know Haas was just named after some rich bloke that wanted a Formula One team. But I, re- that's what I find really hypocritical that Formula One has said, oh, and the Andretti name is going to benefit more than the Formula One name. But then, are we not seeing that with Haas? Like you're going to do say your research into Jean Haas? Oh, he's a power tool supplier. Yeah, the, through his power tools, I'm like, oh, I like that power tool. I'm gonna go buy that. Where, and you know, I find it yeah quite hip, hypocritical. And I think as well the um, the the whole. You made a really good point about the uh, driver situation. I, I didn't listen to that podcast to be fair, but that's a really good point you've made. Because now, hear me out. I, as I said in the last episode, I love Pierre Gasly. I think he's a great driver, but the evidence stacks against him. He's not you know, the next Michael Schumacher. He's a good driver, but he's not the next next Michael Schumacher. And, you know, Esteban Ocon, those two, I I hate to pick on them. It's a bit of a stale, mate, but I hate to pick on them. Yeah, I guess really, Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly, they haven't really been able to move far in their careers. They are never, neither of them are really close to a championship. So, I guess because Alpine have put a lot of money and investment behind Ocon, they they want to try to keep on as long as possible. Yeah, it's a bit of a stale. It's, it's great to see some fresh blood. I think, yeah, with Sergeant I mean, Joe isn't exactly fresh, but at the same time, he is probably one of the he's one of the younger people on the grid. You know, Sergeant Joe um, Piastri, um, seeing those guys come through the ranks, and you know, they're doing pretty good. If we was to have that that eleventh team, like that would just change the game because there was talk about them having another like they were going to have one American driver on their team. And try have a female driver on their team, um, which be you know be great. You know, finally getting um, a woman into Formula One. But think something somewhere. Formula One saw something that they didn't like, but they didn't want to publicly announce it to maybe embarrass the Andretti name. But I mean, they had the they've had a wind tunnel set up. They've got everything set up to get into Formula One, which I don't know why you would do that when you wouldn't have
1: um approval from formula one i guess it's to get ahead of the curve i mean i suppose yeah to, uh, they were developing a car but also they could probably mm. use it in the multi-championships they have uh, i mean i'm just looking on their website and they they race in extreme e formula e weather tech uh, sports car championship indy next IndyCar, super copa and supercar championship they're everywhere they're uh, you know they're not like they're just like <laughs> just slightly dipping their toe into the motorsports. They are in every series. They're, they're a proper, they, they are a proper racing team. And going back to that bit about what you said about having uh, different drivers in, I think there was talk about having them have Colton Herter as their male F1 driver. And I mean, Jamie Chadwick races um, for for Andretti Autosport. Oh, she'd, she'd, she'd be good. Because she,
0: she, was, she was like, I, I compare Jamie Chadwick to Serena Williams of Formula 1. Agreed, yeah. She was a builder, builder of her own. In the W Series, feel it of our own. That's that's. I remember, remember reading that. Sorry, you, you you were saying.
1: Yeah, so it's like you know you could basically take Colton Herter or another American driver because I know they want to basically build an American team, and you could take Jamie Chadwick out of Indy IndyCar and give her a seat on which she's been going for for years. And, you know, she's a, she's an amazing driver for the W Series, such a good driver. Um, and there, you know, a brand new in two driver one british one female mm. one male history by giving a female driver a drive in formula one as a permanent position rather than uh we've had females driving it before um but you know actual a racing driver that's racing for a team constantly that's a history title there like I, you would both gain from that people would go oh look i can now watch f1 because there's a female driver to look up to so f1 would benefit that way Androsi would then benefit from. They can relate more to. A... Yeah, exactly. You, you, they build this F1 academy, uh, which is working. But but you know, then you you once you've got an actual role model in Formula One for for women across the sport to look up to and go, look, Jamie Chadwick has got there. I can too. I just don't. I don't see from Formula One's perspective why it was a decision they made. But I'm not Formula One, so. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Well, if they do get into the Formula One, they you know they'll need a team principal, and there's one team principal that they could definitely go for that definitely knows how to build from the ground up. Um, that was that was an. I wouldn't say that was a shock, but it w- it was a bit of a like, oh wow, that's happened a little bit. I guess yeah, it was a shock. It happened out of the blue, <laughs> but then, so for context, Gene Haas just said that he wouldn't renew Gunther Steiner, the um, driver to survive main character. <laughs> um, Gene has said he wouldn't resp- um, extend his contract. And he knew this before Christmas. I think it was Christmas Eve, Gunther Steiner said that he found out from Gene that he wasn't going to get his contract renewed, which was to the end of the year, which must sting day before Christmas, you find out that you're basically not going to be employed in a week's time. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit of a bit of a
1: surprise um, that, that's that's caused some back and forth. Have you seen that? Yeah, it was it was it was crazy. I I did not expect that to come at all. I know, I know, has doing amazingly, but great job as a team principal. He brought in sponsors. Everyone loved him. The social media was going crazy for him. I, didn't, I just didn't see that happening at all. It's, it's it's a shame. I don't think we've seen the end of Günther
0: Steiner though. Um, with Audi taking in um, um, Salba Steak, um, in 2026. Um, they've got the CEO, um, which is the ex McLaren, um, team principal. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Andreas Seidel. That's it. I knew it was Andreas, but I know I'd say Andreas Stella, which is, um, <laughs> their current team principal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> didn't want to get that wrong. Um, even though I publicly admitted that I would get it wrong. Um, that's, that's another interesting kettle of fish within city season. So for those who don't know, Salba can't be called steak because due to Swiss law, if your company's going to be named after or to do something to do with gambling, it has to have a special license and registration. Salba didn't register it. So, I mean, at the moment, I believe if I check Twitter now, it will still be Sauber Steak F1. just going to double-check Twitter. Uh,
1: I could check their Instagram, but old reliable Twitter. It was talked about in certain countries, it would be called Kick, which is a streaming service. Um, and in other, country, other countries, um, it would be called Steak. Um, and I was listening to something the other day, and it was saying that the BBC cannot call it stake F1 and I don't think they can call it kick F1 either because it's promoting something that they don't want to obviously promote so the BBC doesn't want to be seen promoting gambling and also they don't want to be seen giving free advertising effectively to a a different platform so the BBC would have to call it something else I think with Sky Sports it was something very similar as well it was they weren't allowed to promote something else uh, and a lot of media outlets so but Sky Sports covered the majority of Europe's coverage of F1 and sort of Channel 4 and stuff like that, they they do sort of the UK's second covering and they weren't, they weren't going to promote those two and they were going to call it something else. There's been a lot of sort of discussion about what they're actually going to call the team when it comes to sort of like Crofty saying it or um, the other commentators saying it because they obviously don't want to be promoting things they can't legally promote. Salva's a good name still, but I think they might call it something different. Who knows?
0: I, I reckon they might call it Salva F1 team because So I've just checked their Twitter. It is officially called Stake F1 Team. I don't see that flight like you said. I don't see that flying high in the Middle East where gambling is illegal. That correct me if I'm wrong. That's all rumors at the moment. Like we will we'll see in Bahrain and we'll see in Saudi Arabia and in Abu Dhabi if they will be called Kick F1 Team or if they're going to be called Stake F1 Team because. Saudi Arabia are trying to open up – well, that, that part of the world is trying to open up more to the world. And so they've let some laws pass recently with you know, human rights and you know, being able to um, – I think in Saudi Arabia now, you're allowed to buy alcohol, which is the first time in 77 years or something like that. So let's see, because obviously these are all rumors, let's see what they're going to be called in these Middle Eastern countries. Because it would be very interesting if they stick with stake F1, where it is illegal to gamble in the Middle East. But then, you know, apparently they might not even be allowed to call that because the Swiss government, I believe, are fining or suing uh, or taking to – either way, they're being taken to court, aren't they, for not registering their name correctly, which is fair enough. Someone's had a bad day at the office, not registering the paperwork. But stuff stuff like that can happen. Um, And, you know, well, here here we are now. We'll, we'll, We'll definitely see what happens.
1: I mean, I'm pretty sure the FIA, so when you you register your car legally with the FIA, I either read or listened to something the other day that said that 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 team, whatever they may be called, is officially registered under the FIA as Salva F1, which is what the commentators will probably use because that is their official F1 name. Um, But yeah, we'll see what happens, I think, in the future. Not long now until the start, but let not even. Let's not even. Get started with the V Carb. Yeah, we still don't know what the the RB at the end stands for. But well, we'll we'll find
0: out. I'm going to drop a little teaser for everybody and that's listening at the moment. I want to say their livery. Oh, well, well, we'll 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 cross liveries another another week when we've got Lily back. But but I'm uh, just doing the Italian hand gesture for that is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> We do have the very unfortunate, very sad, sad news that um, a dear member of the Mercedes
1: family won't be there in 2025. The janitor? The janitor's leaving, guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the key maintenance worker. he's been there since born, GP, and before then... Oh, and Lewis Hamilton's off as well. Oh, yeah, that guy, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the seven-time world champion... <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's off his way. He's only going. To, he's only going to Ferrari. Eight-time world champion, mate. Just gonna. Oh wait, no, that's not No,
0: no. I was saying, we're not that big. We're not. We're not that big just yet. <laughs> for, 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 for future listeners, um, Max is the rightful three-time world champion, and Lewis is the rightful seven-time world champion. I am not biting my lip as I say that sentence. It does not hurt whatsoever. And we will not mention Abu Dhabi 21, even though that's the seventh time we've mentioned it in two episodes. God, we're doing great. We're doing, we yeah,
1: it lives in my head rent free. Um, I think what would be good is the number eight, mate. But, you know, anyway, we move on. <laughs> and that, that looked look good, that look good. One day, Sam,
0: one day, but not even a day later. Well, actually, yeah, a day later, probably a few days later. We have a new controversy on our hands. Christian Horner, what on earth is going on at Red Bull? Oh, man. What on earth? It's all speculation at the moment. I mean, we're filming this on the night that the RB20 has been released. For context, Christian Horner has been accused of – officially, he's been accused of inappropriate behavior within the workplace. Now, this can stem to a wide range of things. We won't – go into what they could be because it will be rumours even though we delved into some rumours earlier on. <laughs> we're going to talk facts and facts only for once. Um, officially, there's been inappropriate behaviour within the workplace. A- anybody can go read this up on Sky Sports or BBC Sport. Anywhere at the moment, anyone can go read of this. Um, we're not going to speculate what it is, but there's been rumours that he's been having uh, being controlling employees and also he's been um, sent some quote-unquote pictures and then there is a file that has been passed on to the Red Bull family. Now, as much as these rumours have come out and from credible sources, Sky Sports are reporting it and I don't think BBC are, but Sky Sports are reporting it. Craig Slater has definitely reported on it. There's a dossier on it. But Horner has said today, so he's publicly denied all allegations and he has said that he's got a great relationship with the board over at Red Bull and they are fully in the loop and he is just letting the situation play itself out. Craig's later even suggested, Oh, why did you not think of stepping down? Um, what's your take on that Sam?
1: I mean, (laughs) it was a bit of a random time to a net or to, to leak or whatever, to come out with the news. Uh, it was just—it was just weird. Really it's sort of not—not not something I'd expect. I don't think, um, but yeah, it was kind of like almost like it was trying to pull away from other news sources, maybe. But I don't know. It's just really random. I did not expect that, and also, it to be as big as it is. You could say oh, mate, it's, it's everywhere.
0: It's even got to the point where it's on push notifications. As in, like BBC breaking news. Like that's not something small. That's you know, if, if it's coming through with push notifications and even on the, I mean, Sky Sports app, fair enough, you know, you get everything coming through there. For example, uh, Roy Hodgson has been taking, uh, he's been taken ill, he's in hospital, you know, we hope you get better soon, Roy Hodgson. And then even on the BBC news app, you know, it'll give you breaking news. For example, I've got cartel stuff here and stuff happening in Ukraine. But, that coming through, that's big. It's, 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 it's he's, saying that this is a distraction for his F1 team, which is a huge accusation in itself. So he's firmly denied all these accusations. And he said, I hope this employee isn't just trying to push the boundaries here because I understand where the, the controlling behavior can come from. And I hope it's not seriously controlling behavior. But then when you need to win as a team, when you're in such a high profile and high high stakes sport sometimes i'm not saying controlling behavior is acceptable in any way shape or form but i think you're trying to i'm trying i hope you understand where i'm trying to come from you know there will be some level of you can't do this like you can't be out past 11 p.m. we need you ready for race day kind of
1: like there's, there's got to be some level of that so you're going to a similar what sort of harrison was saying about you know the team's controlling certain parts of the team and being over over controlling i mean i work in the sailing industry and for any high performance athlete team it's a similar sort of thing they told you oh, you can't drink too much alcohol you have to eat this diet you've got to go to bed at this time you've got to do this this and this same with cycling teams as well you know there's a lot of uh control over what the team does how long you go out partying for uh, say oh you can't go out partying this night because you need to get a good night's rest because you've got a big race tomorrow it would be the same for, for Red Bull you know the team's got to be working full capacity working at full uh, sort of strength uh, so you know you, in, in a way it has to be controlling no good race team or sports team has succeeded without having a level of uh, control um, but We will find out at some point how much this has actually been controlling. Um, I'm sure a press document at some point when it's actually released. But yeah, that's what I thought. Give my insight on sort of the 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 teams and how controlling you have to be.
0: Yeah, thank you, Sam. That's that's really good to know. But as you said, like teams will be like this, and in no way, shape, or form do we condone controlling behavior. But when it comes to setting boundaries on what you can or can't do on the race weekend, that's what your boss tells you to do. Like, if my, if my boss said to me, um, don't go out Saturday night but, um, because we got planned maintenance on Sunday. And, you know, if everything goes wrong, I need you to be available to go to site then that's, you know, that's just how it is. If it's like, don't go, don't go out to the pub every Saturday because we might have an emergency, then that's, that's different, you know? Like, oh, I can't go every Saturday. Like, that, that to the point is where it could potentially start to get control. But then, he, you know, he'll say to me, oh, but eat this way because it will help your diet in case you need to work on an emergency. That's starting to become controlling that you know when it starts to you know affect your out of work life which i really hope for this employer this what has happened isn't the case we'll just have to see when it all, all comes out it's 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 been one a heck of a city season it's a shame doctors are filming so soon because this is going to be massive for next year's job survival like, i hope That I always thought 10 episodes were kind of short, Driver Survive. I feel like next year we've got to see maybe 12 or 13. Bear in mind they're an hour long. They're a long documentary. I'm hoping next year we see maybe 12 episodes of Driver Survive. This silly season, I wouldn't be surprised, covers two, maybe three episodes, which in the nicest way possible, this season has been mainly you know Max Verstappen winning and getting the fastest lap. I guess we've approached that part of the episode, Sam, where... I don't have much to talk about. <laughs> yeah? No, I've covered everything that I've kind of wanted to highlight this episode. Is there anything in particular during this this city season, this off-season, that um,
1: really caught your eye? Um, I mean, one thing... One thing I'm looking forward to is the 2025 that Australia is coming back as an opener again.
0: Mmm! Um,
1: yes! I sort of... I've only ever known Bahrain to be an opener. I mean, the first season of Drive to Survive, I think it touches on it being Australia is an opener. Um, and I was kind of like, oh, wait, what? what happened to Bahrain? And then I sort of did a big digging and found out that Australia was an opener. But I'm kind of looking forward to that. I think that would be a nice little change up in the calendar. Um, the calendar of about 45 different races, but, you know. Oh, we'll yeah. see how that goes. I think that would be very interesting. Um, because...
0: Especially since the sport has grown so much, I think really since COVID, um, Bahrain has been the season opener for. Uh, no, not yeah, yeah. Since COVID, because um, but it was Australia GP, but then it got cancelled because of COVID. So I reckon for a lot of people, hundreds of people, thousands of people have um, got into the sport since that um, since COVID. So seeing, you know, them seeing that the home of the opening GPs Australia, I guess will encourage them as well to go back and look through the other seasons because I've watched so many highlights of previous races. Um, even on um, Twitter where they um, re-upload the whole race. Um, that, that happened, that's hap- been happening during city season. Um, people have just been uploading old races to Twitter. You know, good two-hour long Twitter clip. Um, but um, yeah, no, that'll be that'll be great. I'm I'm quite looking forward to that. No, the updated Albert Park is better than the old Albert Park. Pro. I mean, I'm gonna be enemy number one here and say it, but I did not like
1: the um old, old old um Albert Park personally. I mean, I've driven both on the sim, and I can agree. Yeah, the new update sir, is good.
0: It's much better for Overtaken,
1: Yeah. yeah. It's more fun as well.
0: Yeah. Well, it'll be, it's much more fun to watch. So that's, I reckon, when when uh, Verstappen overtook Hamilton this um, in 2023, if you had that chicane at 9 and 10, and that's now just 9, you wouldn't have had Verstappen overtaken Hamilton. Because that rebel wouldn't have been able to build enough speed uh, between then and the fast chicane at um, what is now 10 and 11, maybe 11 and 12. Um, but I really am looking forward to um, that being the season opener. Um, That being said, the Madrid GP, that is, uh, that's, that's, I've got no words.
1: I don't like it. That's my words. It's
0: so, I really hope that they don't get rid of Barcelona. Barcelona just got the best upgrade ever by getting rid of that stupid final chicane and now they're like oh you know what let's do it in Madrid they're going round a roundabout yeah like oh everything about it makes me put my hand over my eyes because I I don't want to look at it when it got announced when I first initially saw the plans I was like hmm I can't see that being approved how has that got approval over andretti
1: yeah i mean some of the renders i um some of it looked they looked okay like i said the people were speculating renders of what the tracks had like. been. i was like oh okay good work that looks like a decent track and i saw the one that they've released as one of those renders and i was like oh that one's terrible what that one, it doesn't flow properly, it's not got proper corners in it, it's too tight, every turn is like a right angle turn. And I was like, then we're going to pick that one, don't worry about that one, I wrote that one off. And then when I saw the actual release of the track, I'm like, what? You had some decent renders there, some decent track layouts, and you picked the worst one. It's a And I've seen a, I can't remember where it was, it was like a a drive-through of it, it was done by one of the teams, I think, on the sim, and it's like every corner's like, basically immediate stop, turn left, carry on driving for a little bit, turn right, immediate stop. It's just like there's no overtaking points. It's just like you've built a circuit for street circuit's sake and it's not going to be watchable, basically.
0: I don't understand how new fans prefer a street circuit to an actual race circuit. What The only view that I can get from it, I'll be honest, I'm a rel- as much as I can say, that you know, I'm a hardcore fan and, you know, I've watched you know all the, all the highlights going back to 2010. Um, at the same time, I'm a relatively new fan. I started watching since uh, 2021. And the, uh, my only viewpoint on it being a street circuit is the reason why they've done it as a street circuit is so that people can appreciate when it comes to a track circuit. Like, I think that's the best way I can describe it, really. Like, the, you know, Street Circuit, great. You know, cool. Oh, that was a really good great overtaking. And I think even though those are the, those dead stops, those ones will be great overtaking because people will try to dip on the inside, sit on the apex to try overtake, to, you know, they will stop on the apex so they could overtake. I mean, that's just racing at the end of the day. That's fine. But then when it actually comes to a track, when it comes to Silverstone, which thank goodness has been renewed to twenty thirty-six, I think. Um I think so, something like that, yeah. Yeah, like when when we you know go from a street circuit to a proper racetrack, say like Silverstone or even uh, Montreal, um, or even then Austria, even though Austria is basically three straight lines and a curve. <laughs> yeah. Um You know, when we get to racetracks, people are going to appreciate the high speed, the the, uh, overtaking, not just at high speed, but overtaking in the corners as well. Um, Because street circuits, in my opinion, are just red flag central. There's no runoff in street circuits, which is a shame as well, because if you crash, you crash. Whereas if you go off the track, you've got a chance of re-entering, whether that's through the slow entry point or if you manage to control it through the gravel trap, you can get out of the gravel trap nine times out of, well, i would say about eight times out of 10, you beach the car. But um, we saw Perez in um, Australia. He, uh, this year, in, especially during qualifying in FP3, he was uh, getting the car on the uh, tra- tra- gravel trap quite a lot, but he was getting himself out. Um, you get that. Even though that's a street circuit, technically, that's a street circuit with runoffs. That's perfect. But yeah, that's everywhere else, yeah, Azerbaijan. You've got probably three or 4 runoffs. Apart from that, you're in the wall. I really hope that there's two Spanish Grand Prix in 2026, one of them being the Barcelona GP and one of them being the Madrid GP. Because if they get rid of the Barcelona, especially after the modifications they've made for it, I'd be quite upset because that is
1: such a good track. Such a good track. Um, it's I
0: guess getting rid of that final chicane has really made it better for racing as well
1: yeah it's just a weird decision like i don't like street circuits at all but that they may have they have made some good ones like vegas yes i like Jeddah quite a bit um because Jeddah's fast vegas was good it, it looked good it was it, there was a lot of opportunities i mean they kind of didn't do an amazing job with miami it could be better but you know, they've they have made some decent street circuits. And like you're saying like Albert Park, that, that is a street circuit with runoffs. That is perfect. That's what you need. Because it I didn't even think about it was a street circuit until you mentioned it was a street circuit. Um, it looks like a track. Yeah, exactly. But it's still a street circuit. that's what you need. Or like going around going around parks. I mean Monza, that's in the middle of a park. Yeah like more tracks like that going you know you could do one probably well, not, not they will do one but you could Regent Park in London that would still be a street circuit but there's enough room to play with it to have off off runs and you know gravel traps and all that sort of stuff yeah they they did flirt around but just the Madrid one was almost you know just like throwing in a track for fun going yeah that'll do a bit of street it's like some kids going I want to make an F1 track let me go on Google Maps and just draw a little rectangle (laughs) they've 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 plot mapped it out Uh, they they, they, they flirted with
0: um, a London GP but quite a few people were saying you've got Silverstone the heart of Formula 1 why on earth would you want to go racing around Big Ben and the London Eye and Downing Street to you know compared to you know going through going around Silverstone it's just yeah. It, it, street circuits don't bring the same atmosphere as a race circuit. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll reveal later on in, in later episodes, but um, I'm going to my first ever formula one race this year. And I am so excited for it. Being at a circuit is just going to be a different atmosphere. Like if I was to, I can watch cars go fast down the street. You know, I, I can go up the road, car meet, watch them do drifts and watch them belt, you know, drive past McDonald's at fast speed. And even then, you can go into some parts of London, you can go into a Mayfair and see, you know, your Ferraris and your Lamborghinis drive really fast in a 20 mile an hour speed limit. <laughs> seeing a Formula 1 car do that, it's not going to bring as much excitement as seeing two cars, three cars, wheel to wheel. You look at, um, in 2022, um, Silverstone with Perez, Hamilton and Leclerc. You don't Get that at street circuits. You just don't. Oh, what was it? The only time you... Oh, Austria as well, 2022. We had five cars battling for one corner. You're lucky to get a wheel-to-wheel in most um, street circuits. You can't get it in Monaco. You have to be within a hundredth of a second at Monaco in order to do wheel-to-wheel. And even then, you can quite easily shut the door, and that is job done. You've defended for another lap. I mean, you can't get rid of Monaco because Monaco Monaco. I really hope that they don't get rid of Barcelona for Madrid. Um, but there is, there is talk about them um, extending the schedule to 30 races, which I think
1: is too much. It's too much. I mean, I've got a friend that's an F1 photographer, and he, he works some of the races. I mean, this year he's working 16 of the races, I think. But he's like, it's stressful. It's, it's hours. Thursday, you work from six in the morning till I don't know ten at night. Then you have to then wake up the next morning and do the same thing, and you do it for four days. And I'm, I, you know, people work nine to five for five days, but you also got about old jet lag in this. And then if it's like a triple header or something like, that, you you don't stop. You basically finish a race on Sunday, leave immediately, move to your next place, start again. And start the process again. It's a lot of stress on the teams and and just in staff in general. You know, it's just crazy. But
0: I think it won't be good for anybody's mental health. But that 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 six week shutdown won't be big enough. You, you need and even then, we've got the shortest break in Formula One, haven't we? Coming up, we've just ended in December. We're starting again. Um, end of February uh, two month two month window that's pretty short and to, considering there was only 21 races last year because China and MLA got cancelled Um, it's you know even then I, I love the triple headers I love the double headers you know you've got back to back Formula One that's great it's not like ah oh, there's no Formula One this weekend at the end of the day What really makes me think is, again, I'm a massive Mercedes fan. And um, Bono, Lewis Hamilton's engineer, he's got wife and kids or girlfriend and kids. Um, He doesn't see, during a triple header, he won't see them. He'll go home to the factory for a couple of days. He's off on a plane again, out by Thursday. He's at the track on Thursday doing a track walk. Sunday there's a race, he's home for Monday, he's flying off Wednesday to be on the track walk for Thursday. It's not like it, that, that, that triple head it's great for fans, but at the same time we've got to think about the, the, the team and the, its mental health. Um it'd be great if we went to 30 races, but realistically, it wouldn't be good for the sport. Um no. because everybody would be drained. And even then you'd need to increase the um uh capacity for the engines. But we are getting that this year. Um, Three power units from last season increased to four. So Ferrari at the moment are are crying of thanks. That Ferrari power unit is more unreliable than the New York subway system. And the sprint format is changing as well. Now, sprint, I'm a bit on the edge of. But this new format... (laughs) If you crash on Saturday morning you're stuffed for a Saturday afternoon. Like that is who in their right mind has turned around and thought, you know what, this is a solid idea. But then I suppose you got that previously as well. Like if you if cuz before you know you'd have FP1 qualifying and then sprint qualifying, and then the sprint race. So on that Saturday, if you messed up on the, sprint, on the sprint qualifying, not only would you be rock bottom last in whatever queue you were in, but would your car be ready in time for the race? I, I can't remember what the gap is this year, but I don't think it's that much of a difference. Like, yeah, if you've been in race, you can't qualify, well, there's a potential chance you can't qualify, but I think because it's a sprint race, there's more of a chance for a red flag. And also, if it's a race, it's more of a chance of your power unit blowing up, which we didn't, get, see, we didn't see many PUs blow up this year. You, you, you need to be careful in the, that, sprint, that sprint race because that will mess up your qualifying run. You know, you could... Yeah, if you damage your PU or your body too hard, that's it, you're done. You, you can't qualify later on for the race on Sunday. What, what, what's What's your take on that? Because I'm a bit... On the fence. I mean, I don't tend to watch the sprint races. Especially last year, because Max would just go ahead and win it. Well, unless uh, uh, unless your name's Oscar Oscar Biastri.
1: Yeah, I mean, I missed that one, and I'm annoyed about that one. But, um, yeah, I don't tend to watch them. It's sort of, I don't want to say this, but it doesn't really fit with my schedule. I can get a qualifying, which is like an hour long, on a Saturday or whatever, but, you know having to watch a race and then having to watch a qualifying and then having to watch another race. And it's just like, I don't, I don't have time for it, but you know, there, there are races, but I think there should be different rules with the sprint race. Maybe you should have a sprint engine you put in or, you know, sprint tires or sprint, or whatever, you know, something, something sprint different. So the car is not going to break for the Sunday. It's not race.
0: a bad shout. Right. Well, Thank you, Sam, for saving the episode Definitely, after I ran out of things to say. No, I do appreciate that. We're going to wrap it up here. Um, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Again, Lily sends her regards. Uh I apologize that she can't be here today. We will be back soon. Again, we've got many more episodes on the way. We really appreciate it and thank you guys for listening. And hopefully uh, we'll catch you soon. See you
1: later. See ya.